keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Out full of suffering, suck attached, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And your teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killings. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Okay, welcome everybody to Wrestle Roasts. We're back. Well, I'm back. The guys have been here with the roast of Becky Lynch. Uh, right now, I'm just with Scott, Robert, and Zach Attack. How is it going? Were you guys able to make it through a week of wrestling without me? Oh, man, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah, it was great. It was it was lovely. And, you know, we were happy that you were away. We thought you actually we thought you were on the run. Um, <laughs> I wish. And knowing that you were still secretly watching wrestling uh, made us happy. I think I didn't see not I in mean, like, a, oh, yeah, he likes wrestling way. But in like a, the way people take joy out of people's failures kind of way. You know? <laughs> I, I pictured you on a beach somewhere, like secretly hiding your phone like people would hide porn. But it was just you trying to watch Impact. Yeah. Me just watching Wheeler Yuta. Um, no, it was it, I, I did. I was able to get Dynamite last week. Um, that's it. That's Save that really yawn for this week's dynamite, man. I don't think I, I don't think I watched much wrestling last week, but I did watch a lot of wrestling this week. Uh, one of the things that we're going to be covering is on our Patreon. We're going to be reviewing the first backlash ever this Monday. Uh, if you're on the ten dollar tier, you get uh, something sports entertainment with that is either Robert reviewing Raw or Robert and me reviewing Raw or Robert reviewing Raw and me reviewing a retro SmackDown, depending on the week. Uh, but we got two new of those coming in. Um, as far as our Patreon, we're, you know, we're doing our backlash next this week. Next week, we're doing the roast of Michael Cole, which is going to be kind of crazy. Um, I'll wait until Mike gets in for all those announcements. But follow us on YouTube, Instagram, join our Facebook group, buy a shirt, buy the It's Dope products, which are another site you can get from Robert. Leave an iTunes comment. Leave a review. Um, well, I think we could like, like I'm selling these out of the back of a van or something like that. <laughs> I'm at the Paramus Mall, you may, yeah, you may well be. Um, and I mean, that's was there ever actually? This is a question that I have because Robert, you were was there a time like an ECW where because now it's like you go to indie events, even if it's a guy you never heard of, he's got fucking three t shirts that you can buy, but like. Was there stuff back in the day like where you went to ECW events in like the 90s and then somebody would just have like made a few Dudley Boy shirts and were just selling him from like the back of their van or anything like that? I mean, the, the guys had their own gimmicks. They've had gimmicks yeah. going back to the 80s. It's just a matter of if they had the foresight to bring it with them. But the problem with some of those guys back then is they would put the merch in the same bag as their gear. So it would like be crumpled up and reek. Because a lot of these guys don't wash their gear. So it's like, yeah, if you're buying a Bubba Ray Dudley shirt and it's rubbing up against his trunks that have been sitting in there for about a month, uh, you're not getting that smell off of you. So yeah, it's, 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 but it's, it's great now that these guys have the ability to, to make their own merchandise and that it's 
produced and shipped on demand. Whereas before they had to order that stuff their own and then, you know, oh, lug it around that, city to city. Even in MLW, we had guys who they'd have like, you know, a beat up cardboard box full of their stuff that they're dragging around. And to me, it's, I don't like it because it's, I get they're making their money. It's depressing that I don't want to like watch somebody wrestle, portray themselves as a star. And then they're sitting there with a fanny pack trying to like count change while you're buying a bunch like a sticker or something like it's it ruins the illusion a little bit well you know you know comics like they don't even sell physical cds anymore they hand you a little card that you can yeah. take a picture of and download onto your itunes onto your phone you know it's like uh yeah there's no everything's kind of yeah, but the comics have a ton of merch. Like the, the shows I've gone to, some do, like, man. Some like big, like when I saw like Lewis Black, like, yeah, he's got merchandise, but it was like other people, it was like you had the CD or yeah. that was it. For sure, for sure. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I made the mistake of getting like a shitload of shirts once and I lost a lot of money on that. So I, I, I'm not the guy to ask. Uh, do but you there still are... have them for sale? Can we, can we plug, no, we can plug those? No. Yeah. I gave um, them three, they the people would want. I don't think I, I don't think people I don't think they're you can make them anymore. But I'm, maybe when I get out again, I gotta go on the road again. I gotta get something to fucking sell. I sell Dan's I, lies I, are like the way a parent lies to a kid. I don't think you could make them anymore. I don't think they make <laughs> yellow t-shirts anymore. Well, yes. No, no, no. I made the way like I don't have it on like a pro wrestling tees thing where it's like you can just order it on uh, pro wrestling tees. Mm -hmm. Yes, if you want to make a Saint Germaniac shirt. You're more than welcome to make one and just steal Hulk Hogan's intellectual property. That's completely fine, guys. No, nah, no, nah, we don't want to rip off a fine, upstanding citizen like that. That's right. Um, we are going to talk about Becky Lynch, though. This was a tough one for me to write just because I don't really hate her. I think she's really good. She Why do you make it seem like you have to hate the people to, to write? No, the, I, you uh... don't have. I'm just saying it's like, I mean, yeah, I think it's the not... opposite. I think when I like the person, I'm excited to give a shit, you know, otherwise I just completely avoid them until you hit record. Yeah. Well, I mean, she is, um, you know, I, I think she's, I think she's probably the biggest female wrestler of all time. I think we're ready to have this conversation now. Right. I mean, I, 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 I well, actually Mike just, Mike just appeared because you said something incendiary. So Mike Lawrence has now appeared to be <laughs> a like a puff of smoke, and Mike appears. <laughs> like yeah, I mean, who, duck. Would be, who would be a bigger star than her? American star. I mean, well, listen, race. brother. There's there's a confusion because yes, the idea that she has done the most as a female wrestler. Uh, I mean, my idea. She, she's definitely got like the biggest reactions for a female wrestler, and she's headlined WrestleMania and and won at WrestleMania. But um, it's not as popular now, you know. So you go like. Well, I think more people know Lita than Becky Lynch. I would, Lynch, I no? would say I, tr Trish and Lita. I think Trish as well, yeah. Lita, Lita got that exposure with the Hardys when they did that Rolling Stone article, and they were huge at that point in time. Like, they were mainstream stars. I would argue, in terms of notoriety, Sable was on the cover of TV Guide and sold the most Playboys. So by Brother, that standard. People still bring up Sable to me, and I don't remember. I barely remember Sable. Same with Brock. He barely remembers her. <laughs> but did you say that uh, Lita's a bigger star than Becky Lynch? Well, no, no. I'm saying like, I, I guess so, yeah, like more notable. Slumber. Like more, like more, I mean, you don't think she's a more recognizable name than Becky Lynch? Yeah, because I mean, no, I, I don't only because I feel like people that watch then 
would remember 10 people before her mm. and people that watch now immediately would think of her. I, I just don't think that Lita was ever given a prominent enough um, position whereas as as Becky is, but. Oh, no, I agree. I think, but I'm, I'm saying it in the way that like more people know the name Val Venus than Roman Reigns. Oh, Who are you hanging out with? Brother, brother, brother. Two million people watch SmackDown. Seven million people used to watch Valvinas. I got it. But I think it's a, it's a more it's a more fair comparison to say you ask a person now to name a male wrestler, they're more likely to name Steve Austin or Hulk Hogan than they are. Dude, Roman and the Reigns, Godfather but... and Valvinas and X Pac. These names, those three in particular, people identify that as a big deal. Like well, you're X-Pac, talking to Valvinas, a lot of Godfather. drug dealers. Then if those no, are the dude, people, it's the attitude naming... error. It's it's yeah. this it's this it's this casual fan you guys uh, pretend to talk about that's not real. It's the people that used to watch wrestling that don't anymore. I mean, I think, that's well, most people. And they I, know I'll kind of I'll kind of quantify this. I think in terms of modern women, when you get out of the diva era and you go to the modern female era, there isn't a bigger star than than Becky Lynch in terms of mainstream names. Well, and, and in, in genuine fam, fandom, I mean, I think Charlotte is just as big of a name, but with Charlotte comes a lot of people complaining about how she's always being fucking thrown into a spot she shouldn't be in. Like Becky earned her spot. She fucking had that Daniel. I mean, she wasn't even supposed to be over. They tried to make her a heel, and we all cheered. I don't. I don't get how we're bringing up mainstream stars and not talking about Ishi and Jay White <laughs> and Adam Cole. Well, we're talking about WWE. No, no, we're talking about we're talking about women. Yeah. So, like the big stars, like Riho or <laughs> Sheeta or Riho or woman who wrestled Brit last night <laughs> <laughs> or hey. the professor. Um, I know. I love. I, I know we're going to talk about it later, but I love that. Like even well, even like Sheeta was like, "How many times have we done this?" Yes, <laughs> that was my that was my high spot of the week. Damn it! Okay, yeah. right. that was well, that was great. But no, Becky, we may as well parlay it into the bright side, Dan. All right. Well, yes, exactly. Just some notes that I have for Becky's bright side. Uh, I you know a ton of great matches. Great match with Charlotte. And, at Evolution, great match with Bianca Belair at this past year's WrestleMania. Royal Rumble win I thought was fantastic. Her fight in the cars with Ronda and Charlotte leading up to 35 was great, even though the match was like whatever. Uh, her getting her nose broken during the invasion angle. Matches with Sasha at Hell in the Banks. Uh, sorry, at Hell, Hell in a Cell and Royal Rumble. Not Hell in the Banks. Uh, great promo for the most part. Kept reinventing herself. I guess besides Roman... Because Cena, I don't really consider part of the company really anymore. But like, as far or or I mean, I guess you could say this about Ronda, but she started in the UFC. But besides besides Roman, right now, they, I think she's probably their biggest, you know, homemade WWE star. Um, kayfabe accomplishments: Pro Wrestling Illustrated popular most popular wrestler of the year, number one of the PWI Top 500, two times Sports Illustrated Women's Wrestler of the Year, uh, Wrestling Observer Radio uh women's mvp twice two-time raw champ four-time and first and ever inaugural smackdown champ first woman to headline wrestlemania royal rumble winner first wrestler first female wrestler to be on uh a 2k cover and you know i i I originally had this as in the roast but i actually think it's like kind of a bright side so i moved it up it's like she started wrestling in 2005 and then got over in 2018 but like it just does show you how hard she was working during those years because you know even like the years where she wasn't like you know like all right 2016 2015 Becky Lynch where it's like she was she was in a spot 
It was never a prominent spot. It was it was un- right under the prominent spot. It was like, you know, the co-star kind of role wherever she was in the women's division. But uh, she still she still was really good and um, is definitely one of those people who, I mean, as far as a trajectory, as far as like, you know, kind of figuring this character later on, I mean, you know, there is some parallels with Steve, which is clearly what they were trying to do in the beginning of her booking. Um, yeah, I, I love Becky, man. And, uh, you know, I, I heard from everyone I know who's uh, who's worked with her outside of the business, in the business, that she's she's actually awesome to work with. So that's my notes on Becky. What, did, what, what do you guys think about Miss Lynch? Uh, I, I love her, man. I think she's made, you know, arguably the best uh, female wrestler of all time. I mean, American wrestler. Um I think Mike White, I don't, I don't know any female wrestler that even comes close to her on the mic. I think like she's full of fire, super effective, genuinely comes off like a badass. I mean, that's why the moments where we did love her the most was when she like got hurt and was reacting in a rage kind of, you know, like every time we like Becky, it's like, oh, did she snap for real? Uh, she's well, no one great. likes Irish people because they're pleasant. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's exactly that, man. She's. She's got this uh, Conor McGregor in her. It's 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 cool. Uh, yeah, one one of the best ever. And and you know, in terms of like feuds with female wrestlers, I think maybe she's done the best job of having like concrete feuds you can point at. Uh, and I think Bianca is even one of them. Even though it started off funny, uh, you know, they figured it out and paid it off. Yeah, I I agree with that. She's made a a ton of feuds memorable. I mean, you can be like her program with Charlotte or her program with. Charlotte and Ronda program with Bianca and you, and you can't really say that for a lot of people I mean like how many times have Charlotte and Sasha faced but we don't really remember how many times they faced you know it's like it's like a weird title change on a raw or something um yeah I'm a I'm a big fan man Mike what do you think about Becky Lynch yeah and uh I I like her a lot I do think she's one of the best um projects in terms of coming from nxt i i know indie career before that a little bit but i mean look man like they named hulk hogan hulk hogan because the mcmahons are irish and they wanted an irish star that is something that like since the days of jess mcmahon that company wanted uh it didn't happen with finn it didn't happen with hornswoggle it fucking happened with becky you know she is pure Irish, uh, you know, uh, they booked her better than they do uh, the actual Scottish people. I mean, and and you like they gave her like this steampunk outfit when she first came up to the main roster and all of that, and it did look cool, but it just wasn't anything. It's just like it's just a cool look, and then she found herself, and they were smart enough. Like WWE, man, they could still, you know. do great when they get the fuck out of the way and let the talent be the talent. You know, it's, it's amazing. Um, when I was on the soup, uh, they had the, the Becky, um, Baszler stuff. And we even did a sketch where like somebody played Becky and someone pl- played ba- when Baszler bit her. Yeah. And, and I remember there were, there were women on the staff who like started watching a little bit because, they're like, oh, this is actually cool, and she's awesome, and they would watch clips of her and all of that. I do think that, you know, she's better than wrestling. I don't think that 
uh, many wrestlers are now of days, but she has something about her that could connect to people that aren't just wrestling fans. Um, and I think even the fact, you know, it's a huge compliment, you know, women um, in this industry, especially like, you know, the fear of, of going away on paternity leave and things like that. Um, you know, look what they fucking did to Jackie Gator years ago. <laughs> uh, and, you know, you, you you look at, was it Jackie Gator or was it Don Marie? It was somebody that got pregnant and then they, they canned them. But for her to be at the, the top of her game, have a child, um, come back. I, mean, I think what the, the argument, though, is with any paternity leave is like, when you're in a place where you can have a baby and, and come back, like, like they're, they're just a, a major company unless, unless, a, unless like OSHA or some fucking, you know, outside uh, work inspection group, like, you know, like contracts how much you're going to leave. Like they're not, they're not going to give a shit, you know, like they just, it's a big problem. But. Yeah. But, but, it, but OSHA hasn't seen WWE because if they had, they would never leave. they would be there for a long fucking time and Mm -hmm. i know the fear that that company puts into women and the fact that she was like fuck it i'm gonna do this and you know come back and still be where she is i think also also vince had the inside scoop on the pandemic you know they were like look we're gonna make this about two years have the baby now raise it for a year come on back i'm just saying on a on a human level it's impressive to me that that yeah. she she did that and um and she still continues to deliver. I mean you know the I think the the term um you know Becky uh Sasha Charlotte and Bailey like she was supposed to be the fourth and her own talent and determination she's number one man I think that's pretty fucking amazing um not 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 being connected to a flare. I, I would say it. she she was third. Did you say Rhonda or or Bailey? I, I said Bailey. Oh, Bailey no, I, Banks, I think Bailey Charlotte was and... left out. I mean, because Becky came up. I mean, Bailey was still in NXT when the three of the, them went up. She was yeah. definitely like left. But behind. Bailey felt like they're going to really invest in her. She had the match with Sasha. Like this is going to be our, our big child friendly baby face. Mm-hmm. And because that was, I, I felt like okay, this is what we can do with women. We could have them just be there for the little girls and then it's like no they actually want becky because becky's fucking cool you know um becky's cooler than roman or at least she was she first came up for sure she's one of like the most legitimately like cool and likable people that that company has and through her own determination they have not fucked it up Yeah, and I mean, she's a good actress, too. I think, like, for a wrestler, she's a really good actress. So she gets away with a lot of stuff. She was, like, a theater major before. She yeah, she's really good stuff. at living in it. Like, uh, that, that that's why I brought up when she's angry. That's when we like her the most. Anytime she has to live in it, she's awesome. Like, when you see her interacting with fans, when she's outside of the ring, she's so good because she's just in it. She is her character. She gives a shit about these things. I mean, it totally helps that when you go home or, you know, when you go onto your tour bus, you have, you know, your husband is doing the same thing. Uh, yeah, man, she, she, she benefits from that too. Uh, she's a badass. Man, how, how, how cartoony that does that like closet must look like between them? I mean, Jesus. Christ. Oh man, dude. And I'll say this, even in terms of like interviews, she, she never stumbles. She always yeah. says the right thing. And I don't mean the proper thing. I mean, she's right. Like she's accurate. 
Uh, she never blows anything out of proportion. She like recognizes things for what they are. Well, yeah, I was, I mean, I Seth. was gone for the whole Tony Khan bot thing, guys. Like, I know you guys covered it. And mm -hmm. I didn't, like, so I first, I read the Becky Lynch tweet, and I thought, like, oh, that's funny. And I didn't read Tony's, and I was like, she only changed, like, three words of what Tony said. And actually, <laughs> like, she didn't yeah. at all. Like, I'm like, <laughs> she literally changed three words, and she just basically retweeted him. But, like, taking three words out, it was pretty incredible. Um, yeah, she's awesome, yeah. Robert, you never got well. Obviously, you were way uh, you left way before Becky came in. But have most of the have most of the stories with creative been that she's she's very easy to deal with? Uh, I can't. You're you're cut off. Robert's on mute. Oh, I'm I'm on mute. Sorry. Uh, yeah. uh, no, she's she's awesome. Um, I, I, everybody that I have spoken to that have worked with her uh, as producers, writers, whatever, she's incredibly collaborative. She's enthusiastic, and I think the most important thing is you know we keep asking and, and saying you know she's this she was one of the best women she was the best performer in wrestling bar none at one point in time she was the top draw she was yeah. everybody tuned in just to see becky lynch she's the only woman that has existed in wrestling who was the bona fide main event star of a company and it was both her in-ring work and her promo work i remember when nia Jax injured her and she was bleeding and they're like, she's not going to be on TV. People were really upset. And that was where they replicated the Steve Austin uh, formula. And they still had her show up and do things, even though she couldn't wrestle. And she was still the highlight of those shows uh, when she she left for the for, for maternity leave and came back. And I've talked about it ad nauseum on here. She wanted to come back as a heel. I know we all want to cheer her. We don't like it. The crowd wants to cheer her. It's what she wants to do, and she has the clout for it. And she's having a good time as a heel. And whether or not the experiment works is debatable, but she makes every time she's out there a, a, a watchable moment because she is a really good heel, even if the crowd doesn't want to accept it. I mean, her entrance at WrestleMania was a star entrance which was which was impressive and and people could lean on uh wardrobe or they could just lean on promo but she's a complete package of a wrestler and a a complete package in a way they have not been able to replicate on the men's side and that's what's so damning about wwe in a lot of ways what they've brought up from nxt the women they've brought up have been i mean incredible and, and her her class is sort of the female version of that class that jim ross always talks about when it was Brock and Shelton and Orton and Cena. And you're like, no one's going to touch that group of wrestlers. I don't think you're going to see another class like you did of the Sasha, Charlotte, Bailey, Becky Lynch group. Well, Robert, isn't like, I mean, every star, uh, truly every real star that, that came from the crowd wanting them to be the star. Um, well, th I guess that's what I'm saying. Every great star has been the company having to give into a crowd begging for it. it it's Becky, organic. Yes. Brian, Punk, it was... They didn't, they didn't want that direction, and they were forced into it. I mean, that's so amazing well, to me. And is, I think it's also part of the reason we like Becky more than we like other people. So it, it is, like, but, for the, but Scott, for the women, it's a much lower bar because if Vince doesn't find that woman appealing in some way, shape, or form to put on TV, he's not putting her on TV. Some of the mm -hmm. men you rattled off, like Brian and Punk, did not fit Vince's vision of a top male wrestler. But Jim Ross always slurs on his podcast all the time that, you know, Vince wants athletic tens. And it's hard to say that Becky Lynch is not an athletic 10. 
And more importantly, she's someone who grew up loving wrestling and respecting wrestling and wasn't getting into this so that she can go do Dancing with the Stars or get a reality show. So when you find someone like that, it is incredibly rare. And to be able to cultivate that talent in the way that they did was smart because to some degree, Vince doesn't care about the women's division as much and just kind of lets them go and do their thing. And more often than not, they're right about who they pick. Every once in a while, it's it's a Nia Jax. Um, but more often than not, they are, they're picking people and going forward with women who absolutely deserve those, that spot and become bigger stars because they don't overthink it. I, I want to say that 20 years from now, we are going to look back and say at the same time we had Red Velvet, Sky Blue, <laughs> The Bunny. <laughs> and you will be wrong, Robert. I will. I, I, I remember, someday I will tell my grandchildren, I watched the inaugural Owen Hart Women's Memorial Cup qualifier matches, and every one of them now have statues at AEW Access. Your, your grandchild will be on your lap, and you will say, I remember when Julia Hart only had one eye and a heart full of determination. <laughs> Did Red Velvet turn like peel or something? Like I didn't know uh, she turned baddie. She's in the baddie section now. She's in the baddie section. Yeah. Oof. This is All the right, thing well, we talk about every week. Yes. This is this is what we chose to make a podcast about. Yeah. <laughs> no, nothing. Nothing in the bright side of Becky Lynch should involve talking about Red Velvet. <laughs> um, she's uh, gonna be. She's dating um, Briscoe's kid, right? One of the Briscoes. Like not one of the Briscoe brothers, like one of the Briscoes, like Briscoe and Patterson. You've been back anyway. for like a half hour. You're already exasperated with wrestling. It's fantastic. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, the, the Briscoe that they let, they borrowed his swamp? Yeah, that, that Briscoe. West Briscoe, maybe. Yeah, that Briscoe. Yeah, well, they 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 that was yeah. Well, his son, I guess, is dating Red Velvet. I'm on all the Gerald, uh, Gerald Briscoe's son is West Briscoe. Why? Why is Dan talking like Britt Baker after a four-minute match? Jesus Christ! Yeah, that was one of the worst. Uh, Save it for we got we got dynamite or Dudley. We got plenty right. of time to well, bury. We got we got we got to actually roast. <laughs> we just we got to spread it out, Robert. We got to spread it out. We just kissed her ass enough. Uh, Mike, who do you who should go first? Um, I think that you should go first, Dan, based on your high energy. Uh, <laughs> The roast of Becky Lynch. Her origin story was she started as a flight attendant for Air Lingus, truly making her the Joker to Flair's Batman. <laughs> and instead of avenging his parents, he just borrows money from them. Um, <laughs> big time Bex is what a gang of bachelors say to their alcoholic friend, Dan. Big time Bex, because we're out of O'Doul's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Becky Lynch sounds like a command Jackson Riker yells to his cousin in a Black Lives Matter rally. Becky <laughs> Lynch! Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> she, uh, she suffered a head injury in 2016. They kept her out of action for three years. Side effects included memory loss, dizziness, and getting married to Seth Rollins. <laughs> Poor Seth, she was in love with finn balor usually when a female wrestler dates a guy who becomes a demon it ends up in a just kidding benoitruther.com it was solving with the candlestick in the dungeon of doom uh, i don't know what i was thinking when I wrote that one. Uh, 
She guest starred in Ridiculousness, Ridiculousness, which is what I said when I found out she dated Jeff Die. That's Ridiculousness. She looks like David Bowie doing an impression of Alexa Bliss. The one time, the one time, the only time Ric Flair recognizes her as the man is when she's when he's trying to confuse the Frontier Airlines Skyline police. No, you're looking for the other man. Uh, her finish is her finisher is the backstabber. That's when you leave an anonymous complaint about Charlotte to PW Torch. She's a fantastic promo, but her competition was Rhonda, who cuts promos like she's coming in third at an Appalachian spelling bee. Uh, she was a member of PCB, which is not just something Chris Masters says positive for. She lost a beat the clock challenge to Charlotte, which is ironic because that's exactly what Charlotte said to her plastic surgeon. Beat the clock, doc. <laughs> I heard when she gave birth, the doctors heard screaming and tried cutting Seth Rollins' umbilical cord. Uh, <laughs> she feuded with the welcoming committee, which is ironically what Mark Carano called the trash bag he put Mickey James's gear in. Um, she went to school for clowning, but then dropped out and said school wasn't for her. Yeah, Becky, that's not school. I plan on getting my bachelor's in clowning, my master's in balloon art, and my doctorate, and my parents not mentioning me in public. Uh, WWE keeps trying to make her a heel because she respects herself. And she came up with the manhandle slam after watching Vince tell Seth she was cloning exposing many inside of him. Um, so let's just forget about these last three jokes. But thank you, guys. Those are my roasted Becky Lynch. Uh, I am uh, slowly getting back into this. That was Dan performing at gunpoint. Hey. All right. Uh, <laughs> that was, Dennis Hopper made you do like a joke every 10 seconds. <laughs> it was like yeah that's Some fun. Of the- um yeah. all right next is robert all right becky lynch is a novel performer and that she's the only fire crotch in wwe history to not run for mayor of knox county <laughs> after winning both the raw and smackdown women's titles becky became to becky two belts to most irish people two belts refers to the amount of whiskey they had at breakfast <laughs> Becky Lynch is the only last kicker to not have a dark side of the ring about her. Becky Lynch is a hell of a performer. She is so respected in this business that Tony Khan would let her have a match at 945. (laughs) Becky Lynch refers to herself as the man, making Lynch the only person wrestling fans will listen to when it comes to their preferred pronouns. (laughs) Becky Lynch is the man, which makes sense since Seth Rollins' shrill voice absolutely makes him the nagging housewife. Did you remember to take out the trash? (laughs) (laughs) Becky first wrestled as Rebecca Knox, but changed her last name to Lynch in order to get a bigger following in the South. Twitter once named Lynch on the list of top female athletes worldwide, because when you think respectful discourse about women, you think Twitter. Becky's finishing move is called the disarm her, which sounds like a chant at a Trump rally whenever he brings up Hillary Clinton. (laughs) Lynch was trained by Finn Balor. In spite of this, she still managed to become a main eventer in the WWE. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) (laughs) (laughs) Becky Page and Charlotte Flair were in a group called the Submission Society, but the name was changed after it was uh, apparently shared with the name of an adult website. Page warned creative not to let kids Google it, which is the (laughs) same warning parents now have about Page. Here's my Scott joke. Becky's ring, yeah, yeah. Gear, Becky's ring gear was modeled after steampunk, not to be confused with her gear being modeled after CM Punk, which is when you come to the ring dressed like a hobo. I don't want to say Becky Lynch main eventing WrestleMania was a disaster, but the next year the WWE was forced to hold the event at the Performance Center. <laughs> <laughs> Becky starred in the Marine Six Close Quarters, a harrowing story about being a female wrestler posing for photos at an autograph convention. (laughs) Lynch is a frequent guest on Xavier Woods' Up, Up, Down, Down YouTube channel, not to be confused with the Up, Up, Down, Down video Woods made with Paige. (laughs) Becky took a hiatus from wrestling when she announced she was pregnant. Carrying a baby for nine months was easy when you consider she had to carry the women's division for three years. (laughs) To be the man, you gotta beat the man will be Seth Rollins' legal defense when he's arrested for domestic abuse. (laughs) Becky Lynch returned at SummerSlam 2021, beating Bianca Belair in 26 seconds. Too long, bro, said Vince Russo. (laughs) And finally, since Becky is from Limerick, There once was a girl from Limerick who had a wrestling dream she couldn't kick. She's respected by most, a worthy star for a roast, so she settled for Seth Rollins' dick. (laughs) All right, that's it. Oh, man. Um, I wrote seven limericks as my roast. I was like, no one else is going to do a limerick. Um, Wait, isn't she from Limerick? Yes, that's because she's from yeah, Limerick. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah, from yeah, Limerick, so, so I only oh, wrote no. Limericks about Becky Lynch. I should I go now or Scott? Do you want to go and then I'll end on bad Irish poetry? Uh, well, up to you guys. What do you guys want? What do you guys want? Well, well after after setting it up with that much gusto, let's have him do it now. <laughs> okay, uh, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> tables have turned. Okay, there once was a girl named Becky Lynch. Her career had her moved an inch. Then she stole Stone Cold's persona, which gave Vince a boner, and her status as a star was clinched. (laughs) She then became quite famous, despite sounding like a drunk ignoramus. Her matches are okay if her opponent is great, so she's basically female Seamus. (laughs) (laughs) There once was a girl named Charlotte, whose father had a thing for harlots. With Becky, he started to flirt and reached for her skirt to see if the carpet was also scarlet. Oh, my gosh. I love this. Keep going. Wait, wait, wait. I love this. Keep going. I I committed, motherfucker. I was like, no one's going to do a limerick. (laughs) This was after I tried to rewrite Danny Boy. Okay. Um, There once was a boy named Seth whose voice sounded like a baby's last breath. (laughs) Him and Becky got hitched, (laughs) and now he's her bitch. If she was sick, Edge would have left Beth. Dude, Becky was once on top. <laughs> then she got pregnant, and that all stopped. Vince thought longer made sense to put her in main events, and now she wrestles Dewdrop. Okay. <laughs> I got two more. <laughs> there once was a girl named Bianca Belair, whose potential was as long as her hair. 
Then Becky surprisingly cleaned her clock faster than Kofi jobbed at Brock, and they had food where no one cared. Now you may disagree and say she was on the WrestleMania marquee, but her and Bianca's fight didn't headline either night, but it's this or trade losses with Serena Deeb. <laughs> That's it for me. I pictured Mike writing that with a feather. Like at some point, Mike was like, I got to write a beautiful poem. <laughs> Mike, hey, man. I mean, Mike used to be great. a slam poet named Tulip Donovan. Back By the way, that, and that feather was taken off of a Hawkman Wings is actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, All right, your turn, bud. <laughs> All right, Becky Lynch. Uh, Becky Lynch was born nine months after Dexy's Midnight Runners came in Eileen. <laughs> <laughs> Vince settled on Irish last kicker. His original pitch, leprechaunt. <laughs> <laughs> she beat Bianca in 27 seconds. When asked why such a short match, she responded, Seth said that's long. <laughs> Disarm her is one of Becky's finishers, as well as what you scream when Sonny grabs her keys. <laughs> she became the first ever smackdown women's champion on september 11th 2016 or as charlotte calls it 9 11 <laughs> she retired from wrestling for six years after a head injury that caused buzzing in her right ear the cure seth rollins buzzing in her left ear <laughs> balance now she was a flight attendant in Europe. Oh, no, Rick, she's not the man. She's vengeance. <laughs> in high school, she got into horse riding, or as Matthew Browder calls it, date night. I don't know why I say that. I'm, I'm genuinely very attracted to her. Um, based on Seth Rollins' news, she, she currently does the opposite of horse riding. <laughs> She's Becky Lynch, guy. and he's Becky's inch. <laughs> when Becky called herself the man, Rick saw it as permission to hit her with a lawsuit. But when it comes to flair and women, you know what they say, better the lawsuit than the birthday suit. Rick Flair got mad because bleeding while full of piss and vinegar is something his colostomy bag does. <laughs> hey, Becky, to be the shit, you have to sit and shit. <laughs> Jake Roberts sued her for last kicker because he once kicked a border collie. <laughs> I thought that was like my best one, but hey, you know. She's Becky two belts because she wears the pants in the relationship. Becky's ass is so flat, police are investigating if Sonny ran it over. <laughs> uh, Finn Balor was Becky's trainer and mentor. Mentor is also the cause of Dan's loose butthole. Mentor it. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, thanks to Nia Jax, Becky, like Ireland, got famous after getting potatoed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucks. Well, you know you're a good person if the only thing we shit on is Ric Flair and Seth Rollins the entire fucking <laughs> Yeah. It yeah, was became obvious quickly uh, as I was trying to think of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, which, 
How about she's fucking that weird guy? Has anyone made a joke about that yet? Hey Dan, did we uh did did uh did we talk about the lineup for the next couple months? We will in just a second, but before I cut to you, Mike, for that lineup, um I mean look, Seth Rollins, a very handsome guy, but like can you imagine that guy trying to dirty talk? I mean, it, it's got to be game over, right? There's like no way. Like, he takes his shirt off. He's got the body of a Greek gog. And then he's like, I can't wait to fuck you. You know, it, <laughs> yeah, just him, him just being flirty. If you think I'm sexy, yeah, you really yeah. want me. <laughs> I can't imagine. I mean, that guy kills it with the women, but I cannot imagine he's like, I mean, he, he definitely, I mean, he, I they, like he kills it with women. It was Becky Lynch and a Nazi. Dude, that, <laughs> dude, that Nazi, how hot was that Nazi, though? Come on. Happy Passover, by the way, but yes. But also, Robert, is it... Wrestle Roast New Game. How hot was that Nazi? (laughs) But Robert, is it progress for a Nazi to love a man who sounds like Estelle Costanza? (laughs) (laughs) Well, what was the thing that they they found, like, um, um, like, as far as, like, her stuff, like, she had the... She had what some SS tattoo? What was her thing? Was it SS tattoo, or was it like? Did she have like old like uh, like uh, mammy dolls that they showed pictures of? I forget what it was. It was crazy. It was, it was a little 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 of both. Uh, like it was so uncomfortable that uh, SmackDown would have to change her name. Oh my god! Because yeah, that was another fun thing that they accidentally named uh, what's his face uh, Walter's second guy. They accidentally named him after a Nazi. So first they yeah. named Walter after a Nazi, and then they changed the guy from Imperian's name and accidentally named him after a Nazi. It's like it's very easy to not name someone after a Nazi. And but Vince Senior keep... only had so many friends. <laughs> yeah, and Walt <laughs> Disney is already copywritten, you know. Mike, first of what all, do we got? Mike, uh, the, the Germans got? would not associate with Vince Senior. By the way, I, I, sleepy, dopey, and grumpy were just words. Walt Disney used about Jews. <laughs> well, I, I was going to talk um, about uh, our, our Patreon roast next week, which is going to be the roast of Michael Cole. So you guys can check that out. But what do we got on the main show, Mike? All right. So through the summer, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you our roast from now till August. And, and this is the first time uh, me and Dan talked about this a little bit, but this is the first time Robert and Scott will be hearing these names. And, oh shit! Okay. Uh, what's that? I said, oh shit! Okay, cool. Every yeah. member of the oddities. Our lowest rated run ever. Yeah, get your fucking Golga jokes ready. <laughs> no, this is this is a great moment because we all react positively, and then we realize we have to spend a week. Uh, all right, so the first one. Because St. Greg Valentine's Day was such a hit, we are going to have Cinco de May Young. Oh, gosh. <laughs> of May Young. That's right. Well, there's and the girl the we can other, yeah. The other roast for May will be Rey Mysterio. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, any, any, any initial thoughts on these boys? Big Mysterio fan. <laughs> yeah, they can both take a they can both take a hit. It's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be a rough week for Dominic. I can kind of feel it now. <laughs> they all no no. That's gonna be that's gonna be a fun. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. All right. 
Yeah, he's like, we why should call that, Mike, can we call that, Rose, the Rose to Ray Mysterio with Dominic? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> we're never going to do a full Dominic Rose, so. Yeah. You say that now, but give but it time. We will, we, we will do all of our jokes in Eddie Guerrero accents. Okay, um, for June with five W's, we are doing the roast of Paul Heyman. <laughs> wow, I thought we did that already. We did not. That's how much we reference him. Yes. And then another another famous Jew in wrestling for June, Lanny Poffo. We are roasting. Yes. Lanny it will not be it will be not be mike's only poetry set this year no that mike that's your shoot least favorite wrestler right uh yeah yeah um that's gonna suck dick i respect adam cole i do not respect <laughs> Lanny Papa. and yes i will be doing a poem robert i will if i have to all right uh, <laughs> for july two real patriots uh and no don't worry it's not del wilkes we are roasting. I think this is one of the ones I'm the most excited for. I think we are going to do jokes on this one that we will never do for anybody else. Jesse Ventura. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. And also for July, another Patriot, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh. And then for August, part two. Of what started today with part one, the roast of Seth Rollins. We are doing a full-on <laughs> Seth Rollins roast. Hell yeah. And our big, big SummerSlam roast. This is one of the biggest names that we've had. Take a guess, boys. Uh, who do you who do you think one of the biggest names we've had that we've not did we roasted? Do Who's um, that? The Rock. Did we, we did the Rock. We did the Rock. We did Cena? It's John Cena. We didn't do Cena. We didn't do Cena. No, I would have done raps for that. No, we did not do Cena. It is not Cena. <laughs> now it's not as good of an announcement, is it? <laughs> now, <it's not> <laughs> now everyone's like, ooh, <laughs> Cena. Like, who, who is it, Dan? Or Mike? Whoever the fuck well, here you go. Here you go. Take 20 minutes to leave your shoes in the ring because we are roasting the game. Triple H. Hell yeah. He is still alive. Yeah. <laughs> It's a pretty big asterisk for a couple of these people, by the way. I think it's going to be like Krusty the Clown, like when he disappeared, like we're just going to see Paul Levesque and black hair somewhere. Yeah, man, but uh, get ready for a full, heavy-hearted roast of Triple H. Um, and it's some, <laughs> You know, do we have a roast, our, our Patreon roast for uh, July? Because I'm just, we have, we're doing, obviously now we're going to be doing um, Michael Cole. And then I love how at this point it's become a meeting. We're, we're just having a meeting in the middle yeah, of the podcast. Yeah, but this is like, for a friend. Where can we, where can we fit in? Yeah, no, well, we're, doing I, I Enzo, just... we're doing Enzo for June. And you know what? I'm going to call fucking Audible. I'll give you a July roast right now. Sunny. Oh, jeez. Oh, sunny Jesus. summer. All right. <laughs> well, I was, was going to say pending. Marty Jannetty, but that's definitely the female. If if Becky wait, wait, shouldn't we female... roast her the same week she gets the electric chair, though? 
They haven't wait now. They haven't determined whether or not she was intoxicated. You know what? You know what, Dan? Yeah, she she might have killed killed a person with her car sober, guys. <laughs> you, know, you know what, Dan? Yeah, that could make her ESPN Woman of the Year. You know what? I'm going fucking crazy. <laughs> We're roasting Marty Janetti in August. There you go. That oh, is our fuck full yeah. roast schedule. So this became a true crime podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> Last right, wrestler we on the left presents. <laughs> All right, well, is is this your like rebuttal? Because now that Virgil uh, apparently came out diagnosed with dementia, we can't roast him. We did. Did we roast? Wait, Virgil? is that true? Virgil, yeah, Virgil. Yeah, Robert has dementia about Virgil. We roasted Virgil and Ted DiBiase together. Oh, that's right. We did it together. Yes. Yeah. Because we knew something like this might happen. Yeah, that's fair. We have to start warehousing them now. Like as we see guys are getting sick on Twitter, it's like, all right, let's just get this in the can. Which is good for the sunny roast too. That line. <laughs> so well, that is our full. What, what do you guys think of that? A full. A lot of fun shows coming up. Into it, man. I'm excited. Yeah, excited man. about Weepin' Wani. Excited about Marty Janetti. Excited about the game Triple H. Uh, but before we get to premium live events with Robert Carpwitz, for Ain't That Swell, I sent you guys um, the uh, Becky Lynch heel turn, what was supposed to be the heel turn in 2018. It's when she knocked out Charlotte after Charlotte beat her and Carmella with a natural selection. I was there. It was the biggest pop that night. And that, that night also had Roman going over Brock for the first time, cleanly or reasonably cleanly, I guess. Um, this was uh, this was a it was a night where like you know there was a Daniel Daniel Bryan was having this match with the Miz that they built up for years and years that you know uh, Brock and Braun were gonna ha- I mean Brock and Roman were gonna have their to finally avenge the thirty four but all people could talk about leaving was was uh, Becky Lynch and to give you an idea that the second hottest baby face on that show besides Becky was Braun Strowman. So things can change a lot in a couple years. Um, Narratives can be controlled. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was, uh, I, I, it was, I mean, the crowd was insane. I remember I was there that night and it was one of the most insane crowd reactions I've ever, people wanted Becky to murder, murder Charlotte in the ring, like just murder her, you know? Um, but yeah, man, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty historic heel turn, even though I guess she's had two really big uh, failed SummerSlam turns for completely different reasons. So, um, yeah, but uh, I, 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 I enjoyed it. Do you guys, do you guys check this out? Yeah. I did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, a fan of the attack at the end, obviously, but the match was, you know, what it was. Yeah, the match was what it was. Carmella should get some props. I mean, she's like around always. She's always facing these girls, you know, in the build to their feuds and sometimes in their feuds. Uh, she is good, man. I mean, Carmella, you know, Carmella's better than every woman in AEW. In the ring? In the ring. Most, right? I don't I mean, think so. I don't think she's better than Sheeta. There's maybe three better. Yeah, not like Sheeta indeed, but. I think she's a, she's a fantastic character. She's really good at getting heat. She's reliable and athletic in the ring. So in a lot of ways, there's a polish to her that most of the women on Dynamite don't have. Yeah. Um, there's definitely an argument for it. At the same time, 
I don't ever think I'm going to go out of my way to watch a Carmella match. And mm. and you you and you saying this is like, yeah, you don't watch Raw. And sometimes when you hear her music, it's like, oh, this is just going to be seven, eight minutes of, of a slog. Uh, the, the Becky thing at SummerSlam is, and I've talked about this a lot with, with Roman, people can organically feel who somebody is. And Becky attacking Charlotte in this frustration of not winning and not getting her chance, the crowd was kind of like, yeah, she really does deserve it. Not to mention, Charlotte is very easily dislikable. Like she, there's just something about her that's innately a heel in the same way Roman is innately a heel. So Charlotte being a, a fairly weak baby face, Carmella being not worthy of being in that spot at that time, the crowd was like, yeah, let's get behind Becky Lynch. She earned it. And sometimes you get those moments where it clicks in the same way with Kofi Kingston, when he was in the rumble, the crowd kind of went like, yeah, this guy really does deserve to win this. He's really good. We should get behind him. And that was what that felt like there. It was this great little sea change in the crowd where everybody's had this collective group think of, oh, this is how we should really be responding to it. And it was more organic, like Dan said, than pretty much anything else on that show. Yeah, man, I always, you know, Charlotte's so easy to hate. I always hate women who grew up without their dads because they were too busy fucking everyone but their moms. I thought this was cool. Um, it is interesting how, how often they think that eye makeup is a personality in WWE women's wrestling. <laughs> um to not have you know because she has like heavy eye makeup in this you know ronda has eye makeup, like which she doesn't have it she does look so much more badass but um i thought yeah man i i thought that this was awesome i i could just never organically get into charlotte so anyone who like turns on her i i i, I root for and and to the point other people i i would say car carmella is better than anyone on the AEW women's roster for the purpose that she completely understands her character and has one. Yeah, yeah. You could be right. But I, I fuck with know, I would heavy. say she's not as good as Thunder Rosa. Like, there's a few people she's not. Oh, I, if, if you're going by total package, Thunder Rosa on promos is uh, not <laughs> great. Uh, also, uh, Carmella never, ever gets acknowledged as being a second generation wrestler. That's but right. Her dad. her dad was a jobber, right? Her dad was a jobber. But it's like one of those things where they just don't really ever tell her story. Um, Wasn't she a Lakers girl, too? She she was something. I don't know if she was she a Lakers. Was a way, I, I, she's got like I knew she was a fitness model, but like if you're a Lakers girl, you're 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 an athlete. You know what I mean in that situation. So yeah, it big and, and yeah, Paul Abdul was a Lakers girl, I think. But like, um, her dad has been on Total Divas, uh, and he is very entertaining. A lot of the jobbers of that era were. Yeah, <laughs> they have all the good stories. Yeah, the the jobbers then could be stars now. Oh, Rusty Brooks would be a massive star on AEW. Dude, Iron Mark, Iron Iron Mike Sharp would have the belt for three years now. Hey, Luther disagrees, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's get to our premium live events. 
section of the podcast. Uh, Robert, sure. take it away. So uh, WrestleMania season is over and cranky Vince McMahon has emerged from his cave, saw his shadow and decreed wrestlers are no longer allowed to have their names anymore. Uh, this is something that ebbs and flows over time. Uh, certain eras, Vince, everyone has to have a gimmick name. Certain times it's, uh, we don't fucking care. You can go out there and be Steve Blackman. That's your character. Uh, he's now decided that wrestlers going forward are not allowed to either use their real names or their indie names. And that's an indication, folks. We're getting, you know, we're getting into a little bit of a Monday Night War situation here. Uh, from a legal perspective, I completely understand it. In Vince's world, when you were on his TV, you are playing a character that he has created. So you cannot take that character and move it somewhere else. Uh, we saw it with uh, Raquel Rodriguez slash Gonzalez. And now Theory, uh, because Vince realized during WrestleMania that they both have the name Austin and that could confuse people. Um, I, I like it from Vince's perspective of the idea of you want to control your IP more than your narrative. And you don't want someone to use your TV time to go leverage a better contract somewhere else uh, because you do wind up feeling lesser than when you go somewhere else and you have to try to tell people, no, here's who I used to be and here's what my name is now. But from a, a, a TV presentation standpoint, and someone pointed out in our, our group chat, like the name Theory is pretty stupid. Uh, so you have Theory and Riddle uh, as names of wrestlers on a television show it just comes across as, as goofy and confusing. And then the Raquel thing where she went by one name in NXT for years, and then you bring her up as someone else. Uh, it's not quite Butch, but, uh, well, neither is she, but uh, it's it's close. So um, I'm, I'm curious if you guys have any strong thoughts, opinions on, on this in general. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I was like, Theory is the dumbest name I've ever heard. And then I was like, Oh yeah, there was a guy named Test, and it's like, which is kind of the same thing. Is there going to be a wrestler named Hypothesis? At some but hold point? on, but Test is a dumber name because of how he got the name, as he was the sound check guy for Motley Crue's appearance on Raw, and he was the guy who went up to the microphone and said Test one two three, and oh, they're like, God. "That's your name." Fuck me, yeah, that's that's worse. But but the theory's pretty bad. I mean. This is the thing is, it's like we can always, you know, and, 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 but between, between Robert with WWE and Scott with AEW, we can always rationalize anything for a company. And I understand that <laughs> it, it makes sense, but it has to be done well. You know, like I get why they would do that with the names and I, and I won't dispute why they would do that, but Gunther is a terrible name. Butch is a terrible name. You can you could give someone a name and make it better or make it different um, and, and still keep what works about that star because ultimately, like, if you are cutting the legs off from someone and making them seem less cool, uh, it doesn't help your company that they're working in right now. Like, look, like, Antonio Cesaro, okay, Cesaro works, Batista works. There are some singular names that you can make, and it kind of a theory just isn't one of them. <laughs> and, and well, and yeah, Gunther, it's a word. Gunther is just yeah, Gunther is dumb. Butch is just really bad. It's also a part of the problem is when the performer 
isn't happy about it and they show it on screen i think that that affects things more than anything remember remember this is one of the weirdest times in wwe and i do think you were working there around this time robert when all the canadians became floridians yes <laughs> when they just stopped building er- everyone from canada and like <laughs> they were all from like florida or georgia or some shit and none of them seemed happy about it no, but and Vince comes up with these edicts and then gets tired of them after a while and it changes. I, I don't think there's anybody on the indies right now where if they came into the WWE, they would have bona fide name recognition, though. But this so, is what I, this is the last thing I'll say about this. Yeah. I think here's what we do in old sitcoms, someone would have a pot fall on their head and they'd forget something. Then if a pot fell on their head again, they'd remember it because of that bad stunner that Vince took. He has this edict now. You just give him another bad stunner and he will get rid of this shitty idea. Well, that all depends on if Steve Austin comes back and uh, that's going to depend on a Peacock. Deal Guys, will it, will, it, happens. will it, will it, will theory all be worth it if when he wins the title, Michael Cole says, we all know about the, 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 the theory of evolution, but what we're witnessing now is the evolution of theory. <laughs> <laughs> that's worth it, right? The name is stupid, but there is, you know, like there is something always about like one of Vince's guys where like you look at him and you're like, yeah, this is an odd looking person or, you know what I mean? Like you're like, it is, he's got weird faces and he's his like head is too big. He's always, he does understand like who, like how eyes gravitate towards somebody in the airport. Yeah, he's a carny. Yes. Yeah, he's a carny. And and Austin Austin Theory looks like if you tried to make John Cena and WWF No Mercy, that's the yeah. face you would wind up with. <laughs> he's got he's got sixty four bit face. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a little rough. Um, uh, speaking of rough, let's talk Dynamite or Dud. Uh, I will go to the uh, first hour. Um, our first hour of Dynamite was CM Punk versus the Natural Dustin Rhodes. We then have a uh, some footage of Wardlow arriving in the, in the building. They're going to uh, smart Mark Sterling accosts him, tells him the terms of his confinement within the building. He's got to come to each match with handcuffs. I thought this was was pretty good. Uh, trios match: Blackpool Combat Club, American Dragon, Brian Anderson, John Moxley, and Ring of Honor Peer Champion Wheeler Utah versus Dante Martin, Lee Moriarty, and Brock Anderson. With Arn Anderson as uh, the uh, manager, uh, Brandon Cutler is backstage with the Bugs, Red Dragon, and Cole. Obviously, they're they're uh, fomenting the breaks for a for a undisputed elite split. AEW president CEO GM Tony Khan makes a huge announcement. He is announcing announcing the first ever Forbidden Door pay per view, which will be happening from the United Center in Chicago. We also get the Butcher versus Wardlow. Mike, what do you think of this first hour? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, I'll, I'll just go through it. I thought that the the Punk, you know, Dustin match was, you know, it was good for what it was. Um, you know, it's nice to see a Rhodes on a Wednesday. Uh, and, uh, and it's the one I like the most. Um, this was, I mean, look, man. You know, Dustin Rhodes is a guy that we will look back and realize how fucking great he was for so long. And this match was fun. Um, there was a video on YouTube you could see of Bret Hart 
matches because you know uh, Punk came out with the pink and the black, and uh, there are several move for move uh, moments in this match, including the finish, which is what uh, Davy Boy did to uh, Brett um, and 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 Wembley, where he just sat on his leg because you know he was on too much crack. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's cool, uh, and you know, and and there there were there oh yeah there were several Brett versus Goldust homages in this so they showed yeah on youtube you could see a brett versus goldust match and there's like three or four things in that that were reenacted last night which is you know it's fun you don't need to know that but you know i like that i love the handshake i love the hug and then we got the title uh you know you know we got a cameo from the world champion (laughs) on on the show he's supposed to be the centerpiece of he did a cameo and um hey first segment though What's that? First match, though, at least it was, you know, the beginning. Yeah, it was, good. It was a good first match. And this is, uh, you know, we're setting up, I think, for double or nothing. I think we could all uh, guess. Um, Punk. Well, and, and um, you know, because I was expecting them to be cheering Punk more when Hangman came out. Because Punk is obviously, I yeah. would assume, more over than Hangman. But then they started chanting Cowboy shit. That made me happy. I, I, I think the feud is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, you know what's amazing, too, was um, if you turn the volume up, you could hear the belt going, take me, punk. I want people to look at me on TV. Um, so that was that was great. Um, it's a great AW title belt. <laughs> yes. I don't know why he's the Martian from the Flintstones, but fuck it. We're going for it. Um, then we had the, yeah, the trios match. I mean, I thought I didn't like this because this the the and i will talk about this within the japan thing of like tony expanding with ring of honor and new japan and all this shit like get your own house in order you know uh dante martin was primed to be a star and then even his brother comes back and they're barely on tv they're on dark a couple times but they're barely on tv and then they fucking uh they have him take the pin i'm just gonna to say this there should be a rule no one in a team with brock anderson should take the <laughs> pin if they're not brock anderson i thought this was very stupid to have dante get pinned here i understand the purpose of the match and and also i'm pretty sure tony khan was too busy hanging out with the new japan president to forget that yeah, the guy was showing him how to do a tie yeah but but he forgot that he uh <laughs> that he uh, booked Lee Moriarty instead of uh, Lee Johnson, who is actually uh, his tag partner. Because next week um, they announced and there's the five on five and Brock and Lee Johnson are in that match. So And Darius isn't. Well, that's the thing. It's like, if Darius isn't going to be in the match, you need to tell me why. Otherwise, yeah. there is no reason Dante Martin should be teaming with Brock Anderson. It and would, make and any would sense. you agree, Scott, that, that he should not have lost here? Yeah, I don't. I don't think he should have taken a loss. I mean, I'm, I mean, a loss from that team isn't necessarily a bad thing. I'm just saying, being the one who gets, especially pinned. if it like lights a fire under his ass, like if that's part of the idea. But um, yeah, but no, but I, thought, I thought the team didn't make any sense, and I didn't like that. I, I think, no. I think uh, the the Blackpool Combat Club, though, I think they're like electric as hell, man. Uh, yes. When they come out, people go nuts. There's something really cool about them. It's just yeah, put them against people that uh, you want to see them kill not just like a mix and match yeah it's this the is raw charisma of the guys in a tag team 
Yeah. yeah go 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 to your basement and pull the wingmen out because this is what they're for. Yeah. You know something look, like this. It's look. They obviously should have won. I I do like their shit. Uh, Regal should be on commentary more than just his matches because I think he's fantastic. And then and all I'll say about the New Japan thing is. I did not like it as a segment of television. It was four minutes, and I thought it was a poorly done segment of television, especially if, if you have Ishii there, if you have Jay White there. I don't know if he's still in the States, but he was on TV last week. If you have some of your actual New Japan stars, I think they could have been incorporated. They could have done some kind of fun thing. My problem with this segment was it was all tell and no show, I would not have had Adam Cole interrupt Tony Khan if you were going to have him in a promo five minutes before. This was just very um, clunky to me. I get the New Japan fans that are excited about this. They didn't even use the words pay-per-view. So well, because I mean, it's like I, on fight, it's what they did is after they said it, they threw up the banner that says everything on it. You know. Yes, but I do feel like they could have sold that a little bit more. Because it's like Battle of the Belts. You have these other shows that they they label different things. They should have said it was a pay per view. Um, and we no, could they, we could debate they whether did. or not they, they should. They did say it was a pay per view. They it well, show. I mean, it they shows didn't verbally say it. Uh, they did not. They did not verbally say it. People, people, but that's also like just the problem because of these WWE live events. Nobody knows what to fucking call it anymore. You know. It's yeah, like, but they well they're charging. No, I think it's because pay per view doesn't really exist. I mean, again, it's like Fight Network. It's like now you have this app, yeah. now you have that thing. These, yeah, these that's, are that's, actual pay per What is it? What is it? Yeah. Oh, they're also pay per views. Yeah, I know, but you got to name like five things. Yeah, I just I okay I but all I'm saying is I think they could have done it better. Um, it was a bad piece of television, and then you had the Wardlow uh, butcher stuff, which was you know fun for what it is. We know what that's going to be. This this episode just felt a little repetitive to me like this is the third time now we're seeing a wrestler go through a gauntlet of people to get to mjf he's gonna wrestle lance next week he's gonna wrestle let's get nick gage again or whatever and then they'll have the pay-per-view match and it'll be good but i think there's other ways they could tell stories with mjf and whoever he's feuding with so that's 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 my thoughts scott what do you think of this first hour all right, Dustin Rhodes versus CM Punk was a very good match. I liked uh, that Hangman got a pop when he came out. I, I was not expecting that. Makes me happy. I think that's going to be a really fun match and feud. Then we got Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, I mean, I agreed with Mike. I talked during that. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't make sense to do that. There's just no reason, especially when you do have like a roster of guys. Like, you have trios teams. You're, you're going to have a trios title because you have so many trios sisses. So put them against a fucking trio, you know? Uh, I, I just thought that was dumb. Even though I did, you know, I, I do like watching them wrestle. It, it was good. And I like watching Brock Anderson get beat up. I like the Wardlow stuff. I like him being handcuffed. I like that this week he had to be more reserved. And you can tell he's still going to get MJF. It's I, I don't know. I, I think it's just so well done. I, I don't see anything wrong with this dude uh, at all, actually. Then we had... Oh, did you did you bring up Jungle Boy versus Kyle O'Reilly? That's hour two. That's hour two. Yeah, started at nine o'clock. Well, what the fuck? Last thing at the hour was the Eddie Kingston promo. Okay, so what else happened in this damn hour? 
Your favorite the New Japan company? Thing, that's it. Your favorite yeah. company marrying your other favorite company? Oh, okay, yeah. So for this, I mean, look, this is for you. You say, okay, it's a huge announcement. I mean, I haven't seen anybody complain besides like Mike and two people on the Facebook thread. I haven't seen one New Japan fan claim, uh, one New Japan fan complain. And the truth is, uh, it is a huge announcement. It might not be for someone who is unaware of it, but you're allowed to appeal to your core audience. And this is for the core audience, because I'm telling you, AEW doesn't exist without people being fans of people who are in New Japan. This is a huge deal for the core fan base. And so to say this is a huge announcement, and for the last, what, four huge announcements just to be Tony being weird, I thought this was really well done. Adam Cole interrupts. He says... Oh, you know, the whole reason this is even happening is because I was such a big deal in New Japan, which isn't true. It's because Omega was a big deal. Then he brings Jay White out and Jay White, sa- Jay White says, the last time we were in America, I sold out the garden. Well, the truth is when tickets went on sale for the garden, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega were still in New Japan and everybody bought tickets thinking they were going to be there. And then they left to start AEW and Jay White was there, but all the tickets were sold because of them. So that's another shot at Omega. And so you're still planting those fun seeds. Um, the, the president of New Japan was already there. So what a great reason to just bring him out. You don't need him to say anything because he's interrupted. I just thought it was like extremely well done, actually, now that I think about it. Because, again, it is for uh, a, a core fan base. And I think that's fine. I, I, I think people who sit there and go, well, I, I don't necessarily understand this. It's like, that's, that's okay. I'm, I watch shit and I don't understand it. And I go, okay, I'm getting on board. I, I'm starting to understand it. Like, that's how watching shit works. You're not the core fan base. That's fine. Like, if you want to be, keep watching and learn. You know, that's what's going to happen. And and then to go like, oh, I want it to be a bigger deal. It's like, well, it was an announcement. And then you can set up feuds. It's more realistic. What, like, you're going to have guys have an altercation. And now all of a sudden, everybody in New Japan is fighting everybody in AEW. It's like, we make an announcement. You have to anyway, based on when it's going to be, when you need to sell tickets, which is May 11th. And then you realize, okay, New Japan had shows in Japan this week. So Okada can't be there. None of these guys can be there. It's like logistically impossible. So you go, damn, well done, boys. And now we're going to get this awesome pay-per-view in June. Um, Robert, what do you think of this first hour? Punk Dustin was a a good match. I get what you're trying to do to give Dustin that other opportunity to be on TV and, and feel relevant again and show that he can still go at his age. I think it was a missed opportunity because I really strongly believe a CM Punk heel turn is needed because they don't have a strong heel at the top and heel Punk beating Hangman and then having him work with the the litany of guys they have to at least get one match out of them until Punk maybe gets hurt or is too old or whatever it is. This is the time to capitalize and draw in mainstream fans. And if you tell them you're getting CM Punk as champion against Moxley, against Danielson, against Joe, against Darby. There's so many great matches that could be the rest of your year and take a lot of pressure off of Tony Khan. And the way to do it is Dustin's one of the few guys who still garners sympathy and love and respect from the audience. That's why the crowd was super into him during this match. Um, The match itself was, was good. Mike hit on the Dante Martin thing, totally baffling why they, why they did that. Um, it, it was it was lousy that that new japan segment 
So in twofold, this is why I think this was a, a, not the not the right idea. Number one, you have to stop putting Tony Khan out there. Uh, I'm not doing the Gilbert Godfrey voice week two for it, but he's so twitchy and uncomfortable to just watch as a human being. It was my my wife who was watching with me. was like, who the fuck is that? Like she he's, thought it was like a fan. It's so uncomfortable. Um, and you can't keep hyping everything as a major announcement. The reason why that's a problem is you get people who tune in because they just want to see a major announcement. This was not a major announcement. This was you're doing a pay-per-view and it's a major announcement for a fraction of a fraction of your overall audience. You're not bringing in new eyeballs. They're not getting above a million viewers a week. Raw, which is unwatchable in a lot of ways for a lot of weeks, still is doing higher and bigger numbers, which means there's a lot of fans that watch Raw. There's also a ton of lapsed fans. And AEW is not courting either of those demographics necessarily. And a New Japan pay-per-view is not going to do that for for bringing in in new people from scratch. The other piece of this is if you're going to do this announcement, you now are partnering with New Japan. You own your video library. Make a video package that tells me why this is important. So if I'm someone who doesn't watch New Japan or doesn't live in a New Japan corner, I now suddenly understand, wow, this is a big deal. Look at these clips of all these guys in AEW who were there or all these stars we may get to see in a two-minute video package, and then boom, you're there. They put Jay White out in front of that crowd, and the audience did not know how to react because he was going for... I'm a heel and he's pausing, waiting for booze. And then there's some people who are chanting too sweet. And it felt like a very odd disconnect. I, I loved the Butcher Wardlow thing. Uh, it's very WWE. The, the smartest touch they did was Max saying, all right, you're not allowed to come out here with music just so you hear the crowd going nuts for Wardlow. And it's a great little touch right there. Him looking calm and cool, despite the fact that he's handcuffed. It's very much the diesel push uh, that was that was going on in, in like 95 and it works here. And that little thing of not having audio playing and you just hearing the crowd root on and cheer Wardlow is going to make him a huge star. And I, I think in two years time when he's ready, he's going to be awesome at WrestleMania. <laughs> I just have a I just have a question. One, I totally agree with you on the video package about New Japan. They, they I, I'm not saying they needed to do it last night, but they need to start doing it. Uh, one, just because I want to see it, it'd be awesome. And two, because you fucking should. But secondly, like, you, you're saying, like, uh, who is this person who is tuning in for a huge announcement that isn't watching it? And if they're not watching it, how do they know there's going to be a huge announcement? And in the same way, in the same yeah, way, that person people, just doesn't well, exist. No, no. They, when they've tuned in to go because they want to see the debut of Punk, or they've tuned in because they're like, we have, we made the biggest signing in AEW history. And then it's Christian, like, but people will, wrestling fans are still conditioned to tune in for big surprises. This would, this would not have qualified as a major, if it would have been Tony Khan has an announcement about the next pay-per-view and you want to tune in and see it, that's fine. But when you're hyping major announcement and then people get it in their head of what it's going to be and it winds up being a letdown. It's kind of like, okay, cool. They're doing a New Japan cross pay-per-view. If I'm a casual fan who watches AEW and I'm not a big diehard New Japan guy, who cares? The wrestling, Dude, there's uh, no you know, such thing as a casual wrestling fan anymore. It doesn't exist. I'm, I'm, I'm being I, I would disagree with you on that. I think that Dude, there look are... look at the ratings. Look at the ratings. There's never a giant shift. Even CM Punk, dude, it's over. CM Punk came back and the ratings immediately went down after. Because they saw over, him come dude. out and debut and that was it. I just think Tony Khan pulls the lever of major announcement 
way but too for, much. But he's telling people who watch the show already. Otherwise, nobody knows about it. It's made up what you're saying. It's not Why a real thing. I understand like, if business was booming and everybody was tuning into TV and actually like changing the channel and going, oh shit, nobody gives a fuck anymore. But, but, but Scott... So why not appeal to the people who are watching it? But why would you need to advertise something to the people you already know are watching it? What? What? Yeah, he was throwing red meat to the base. You don't need to hype a major announcement to draw eyeballs in. It's a great yeah, tactic to bring in other. It's a people huge announcement for any like genuine wrestling fan. No, I think it's a huge announcement for a fraction of the audience. Dude, I think the that the core people, of AEW fans, for AEW fans, that's huge. Again, I, th- I think very for a percentage of, the whole reason this company exists is because of New Japan. Scott, if these people were such diehard New Japan fans, then New Japan World would be, you know, no. killing it in terms of numbers, and they'd be showing up to their shows. Yeah, and, and when, Om- and when Omega blew up, it fucking doubled. And what did it, 10 times the fans when Jericho fought at Wrestle Kingdom? Because they wanted to see Chris Jericho, it. not because they wanted to see New Japan. It's brother, the same brother, thing that the New Japan how, how Ring of Honor thing. How quick do you think this show thing. is going to sell out? How quick do you think this show is going to sell out? I'm sure it's going to sell out. Aren't they in Chicago? Yeah, because there's fans of this shit. Wrestling and fans show up for anything in and Chicago. And yes, it's only less than a million, but that's that's it anyway. Again, everybody, the, the extra million watching SmackDown is because Fox is one of the basic channels. Exactly. That's why they fought to get on Fox, but it's the same reason for WrestleMania. They were like, let's go bring in jake paul or logan paul wherever the hell is who has a fan base who's going to bring outside eyeballs i don't think new japan brings in outside eyeballs for aew and all i'm saying is that's something they need to legitimately focus on and be concerned with because they brought in a ton of mainstream names to try to bring in not the core audience you're not bringing in sting to appeal to the guy who's a diehard Ishii fan, you're trying to get the lapsed WCW fan. That's why you bring in Danielson and Punk and all these other names to try to get as many different people as possible in to watch your product. It's and if why you, this- sorry, it's why you pay a Punk and a Danielson more than a Cody. You know there is value and more value in some people than others. But I, I the last thing I just want to say about this from my perspective, we're really burying the lead here, which is. Jay White is not good on promos. Um, oh, yes, he is. But he he's hasn't good, been on this he, show. He, he may not have liked his promo here, but he's a great promo. Oh, I, I, he didn't deliver. It's just a regular promo. It was, yeah, but it wasn't, yeah. no one was sure what that promo was supposed to be. But that wasn't his promo. That he wasn't thinks, like, no, like but Britt, it was, Baker could, Britt Baker cut a bad promo. For yeah, they're not supposed time. to know what he is right now. Yeah, he's acting Jay, like he's, he's, he's been cool on Rampage and Dynamite. Yeah, but he's acting like he's cool with them. The idea is he's supposed to be playing the line in terms of talking about Bullet Club, which is what he was doing there. Yeah, but we've already seen him on both shows come and go. He's not. Well, I, I guess I have yeah. a little bit of a different opinion from all you guys, because for me, when I hear big announcement, it's an AEW. I'm like, oh, man, how is Tony going to fuck this up? Like, so it always <laughs> is. It always is exciting for me because I'm always like, what's he going to wear? Like, what, what wrong punctuation is he going to use mid-sentence? Um, but I do think the reason this could never be as big as it should be, and it really should be bigger than it is, but we can go back to John Moxley beating Kojima, man. I mean, like, you know, like, I, I think that this has just been one of these things that, unfortunately, because, you know, there are politics with different wrestling companies, the first couple people that we saw from New Japan weren't really oh shit people 
And well, dude, also the pandemic. I mean, they need oh, the pandemic too. Them. I'm not. I'm not blaming this on anybody, but I'm just saying, like, you know, the the when we think of like, you know, like um, like like interpromotional war- warfare. Remember that first Raw show that ECW showed up and just everybody showed up at the same time, or like when WCW like became. Did the they NWO. show an ECW video package that night? I forget. <laughs> I don't know. Talking to Rob, you're, you're, but my point is, is like it's just a little bit of a diminishing returns thing. Like I wish my 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 thing about last night was like, wow, this would be awesome if this was the first time we had seen New Japan in a W, but we've just seen it a lot. You know, we just saw Suzuki versus Joe last week. Oh, I know, but I, I dude, this and is what a match uh, that was, bigger. and what an this overrun. Is... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm, I will I'm, say that this was not as bad. As that thing last week, and that, that's the that's the thing that annoys me about Tony Khan a little bit is he does backpedal, like the amount of diminished. Because did we get a did we get a Satnam Singh promo in this? I believe it was in this hour. Yeah. We, did, we did not talk about it, with. Um, yeah, with, I, I'm sorry, I forgot to put that down. I because I did have a note, which is Joe was incredible in that package. Yes, Samoa yes. Joe yeah, awesome. is such a good promo. It, yeah, yeah. Well, no matter, and I'm not going to hear that WWE ruined him. I want to hear that Impact. I want to hear AEW. For whatever reason, he gets snake bit. Man, he goes to a promotion, and like they give him shit, and he turns chicken shit. He turns into chicken salad. But then either an injury happens. I mean, this is another thing where I was like, just hearing him talk about what he was going to do. Like I was excited about this feud, even though I haven't been excited at all about it before this. And the thing is, there are videos online of Satnam saying speaking english and he's understandable like he needs subtitles less than tony khan needs subtitles <laughs> like, i can understand him and this but this like to go from last week of an overrun and i know that they were on uh, battle of the belts on saturday to feeling like such an afterthought already it's like he he listened to the internet and he's immediately like oh shit i'm sorry guys Yes. Well, th- wait, did you see him on Saturday, though? I thought I thought the way he murdered Gresham was really cool, how he was, like, holding his head and slamming him up and down. Oh, yeah, the way he – the what he did on Saturday is how he should have debuted. I think we – Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Joe away, yeah. Walking directly into the crowd makes him so right. much more special than the lights-off thing. Well, let's, uh, let's get to hour two of our AEW Dynamite show. Um, we have Eddie Kingston challenging Daniel Garcia to a match this Friday on Rampage with everyone banned from ringside. Uh, Owen Hart, Foundation Men's Tournament Qualifier Match. Jungle Boy uh, with Luchasaurus and Christian Cage uh, lost to Kyle O'Reilly. There was a bit of a, there was a, it seemed like there was a bit of a hint of Christian Cage turning heel at the end of it. Yes, yes Jungle uh, Boy lost to an adult who looks like he believes that dinosaurs are real and living among us. Uh, Alex, AJ Styles? Alex Marvez uh, was backstage with MJF and MG Spe- and, and Sean Spears. Uh, Jake the Snake showed up and dear God, man, I've never seen a human being look more like they're leaking. Like, it was insane. I mean, like, like he he cut it. His promo was fine, but he looked like he was having a heart attack during this promo. Um, it was it was unbelievable. Uh, Hooks Dynamite debut. He faced Anthony Henry. Then there is this fucking Danhausen thing, which I guess I don't know what's gonna get with. Like, are they doing like an unlikely like 
like uh, kind of like uh, like a Daniel Bryan Kane thing with them or something. I, I don't know. Um, Scorpius guy goes backstage with Frankie Kazarian, uh, you know, sets up a tentative we're cool moment. Of course, that's going to turn to, I'm sure, Scorpio turning on Frankie. Uh, Sammy Guevara came out to the ring with Ty Conti. Uh, and I, I, I think people were cheering Ethan Page, you know, like it seems like like people are done with fucking happy couples. If you're a happy couple in AEW, fuck you, man. You are not going to be cheered. Um, we have Dr. Britt Baker versus Danielle Camella with a Britt Baker promo at the end of it and a coffin match between Darby Allen versus Andrade. Robert, what did you think of the second hours? Uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Jungle Boy was fine and a reminder of why NXT lost to Dynamite a lot. Um, it was technically a competent match that the crowd was less and less into as it went along, um, and they were confused by the finish. Uh, the, the MJF uh, Roberts Archer thing, he's paying him money. I like how Jake actually looked to make sure there was money inside of it, which was uh, unnecessarily just very funny to me. Uh, it was cool to see Hook on live TV for the first time against Anthony Henry of the Wingmen because they had to put that. I had no idea who the guy was. The Danhausen thing, I don't get. I don't think Hook needs it. I think him just going out there, murdering a dude and leaving is enough for this audience right now. They're not asking for anything else with him. They love Danhausen. I get it. There's probably other places within this that you could plug him in. Uh, yeah, the fans hate Sammy and, and Ty. And what's so uncomfortable now is Dan Lambert's a baby face for saying like ugly, hurtful, misogynistic stuff about women. And now the audience is cheering. And it reminded me of we watched Backlash 99 and it's like, boy, the Attitude Era was uncomfortable. And now it's back because Dan Lambert's a baby a good, face. I thought it was a real good show, though, but we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk to it on the other thing. But yeah, it's it's weird that like because Sammy's just naturally a heel and he's good in that role. It, it was a weird flip-flop. Uh, there was a House of Black promo that it, it Malachi Black is so good at delivering lines and Buddy Murphy and Brody King are so bad at delivering lines that you just don't let them talk. Just let them stand there because it just, what they say feels like bullshit and what he says works. Like he seems sinister and they remind me of like the goth kids Saturday Night Live sketch with, with uh, Molly Shannon every time they talk, we're the House of Black and we're coming for you so it doesn't it doesn't work uh, you know what they remind me of it's like it's like Malachi Black is like a great 60s Batman villain and they're just the two like shitty henchmen who like were clearly like in a production of Guys and Dolls and have their names on their shirts oh, that's that, now I can't unsee that thank you uh, <laughs> Britt Baker was it was cool that they got uh you know some some of the Steelers players there her post-match promo where she could not catch her breath and still kept going uh good for her for trying but again they decided to turn her baby face one segment after they turned Scorpio and Ethan baby face uh and then uh her just like gasping for air didn't really make her feel like the star she was supposed to which kind of sucked uh yeah Sheeta asking how long are we going to do this in her feud with Serena Deeb was just, I, I, I love that so very, very much. Almost as much as after this, this was a production thing that I couldn't stop laughing. Excalibur, the man in the mask, does a promo 
about what's coming up on Rampage and what's happening next week on Dynamite. And it was like the Micro Machines commercial where he was talking so fast trying to get this out. Yeah. Like he was, it was his last breath the on earth. The steam's coming out of his ears. And the thing is, they announced a bunch of really interesting stuff, like the fact that they're having FTR face each other in a match and they're rattling off. I thought minutes. that. I was like, why didn't they make a bigger deal out of that? I was. Why Because they, they had 11 seconds for him to talk and he, was, yeah. he had to get every word in. And then Andrade versus Darby, I, I, technically it was fun but i've seen this now every iteration of it a hundred times over where everybody comes in and sting is an old man who jumps off of things it, it's kind of diminished returns and and that was weird and then the fact that like andrade went lift up the coffin and he hurt his finger because they were the thumbtacks but they didn't reveal it at first so jim maybe he got a splinter uh in his head. it's like it just was it was goofy and then you've now beaten andrade so what are you doing with that guy? Is the feud finally over? Because then the Hardys came out after. Like, end it. This felt, this whole show felt very much like I was watching Raw. There was no incredible signature moment, which usually Dynamite has, or an incredible storyline beat that we're like, at least we're excited to talk about this. This felt like a lot of paint by numbers. There wasn't anything overly terrible, but there wasn't a ton where it's like, boy, this is really going to be fun to, to go back and look at. And that coffin match at the end felt very tacked on in the same way Sammy's going to face Scorpio Sky next week in a ladder match because Tony Khan's booking this with like a SmackDown video game and just hitting randomizer for the matches because it's like, well, that'd be cool. So, sure. Yeah, man. Doesn't it feel like the TNT title has a glitch or something? There's like a bug in it. It's like we, we have to fucking restart the whole TNT title because uh, I hate whatever's happening to it right now. Remember, remember they had an interim champion when a guy wasn't there for one week? <laughs> Let's see, that's fucking Dana White does that too. Uh, well, I wasn't uh, super against that if they did something with it, but they just didn't. And then he just uh, held on to the two titles to forever. I think ugh. they were hedging bets in case Cody just wasn't going to come back. Because yeah, I, exactly, I kept yeah. laughing when they're like, he's like, I don't have my contract. I'm like, of course Cody has a contract. You're not going to be dumb enough to put somebody on TV who's a champion who you haven't ironed how to deal for. Yeah. Whoops. Um, Scott, what do you think of the second hour? All right, hold on. Let me read these damn results. What was the first thing that happened in this hour? Oh, man, I like Jungle Boy and Kyle O'Reilly. It was good enough. I think the right guy won. Uh, I like Jungle Boy losing often because he's eventually going to have an awesome singles run, and those wins are going to mean a lot. I also like how Christian is definitely going to turn heel, let Jungle Boy beat his ass. Um. Dude, the Danhausen hook thing, it's not what I would do. It's hard to argue when people are flipping the fuck out about Danhausen. But when you have Hook walk away, people start booing. And I if that's the goal is to have people boo Hook, okay, but I don't think that's your goal. I think you want everybody to love him because everybody's been loving him. So I think that kind of stunk uh a bit. It just wasn't, I, but again, like I had friends, dude, my friend Damon texted me today and he, he loved it. And I, and I was surprised. So, I mean, a lot of people are really, really into it. Uh, the, the, the Scorpio sky. Oh dude, all this stuff. Yeah. Again, I'm not into it. All the TNT title stuff. Reset the brick breaker thing. What was what it was. I don't know who that, that woman is. It's unfortunate that like the men's qualifier matches are really cool. And some of them get to be like dream matches and the women qualifier matches have to be this. 
where you're like, wait, against who? Um, which is unfortunate. And well, then the main pay event. attention to dark and dark elevation, buddy, <laughs> where stars are born and then held down. Hey, you have to admit, though, everybody is on dark and dark elevation. No, MJF has never been on there. Oh, I don't know if, okay, but everybody has been. Omega has fought a bunch of times on dark. Uh, the Bucks have fought on dark. What? Uh, Jericho hasn't. Oh, okay, Jericho has Okay, but but many yeah. people have, right? I mean, you would agree top stars have, as uh, opposed Punk, to like. Punk hasn't. Uh, like, their actual stars haven't been on. Oh, my gosh, Mike. I, I just hope your wife three. hits you tonight. I hope your wife hits you tonight. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I hope she just swings on you. <laughs> but I just named three. Yeah, but, that, that, but that'll have nothing to do event, with wrestling. I don't like uh, – I'm not crazy about um, coffin matches, <laughs> but I was really excited about this because that Darby-Ethan Page match was the best coffin match I've ever seen. That shit was amazing. That and was then great, I got, yeah. And then I liked I liked this match until like it in, until they would try to do the coffin thing because it's like uh, it's like in a buried alive match all of a sudden or a ladder match you know like everybody gets real slow and and all of a sudden it's hard to move a thing and it, it's it just doesn't make a great match. Oh, so real quick, yeah, Scott, I just want to I just real moments. quick that on that it's weird that they made a point of saying in the middle of the match that Darby made the coffin. That would have been a cool video package like they used to do with The Undertaker in the early 90s, like show Darby constructing the coffin and, and building it and getting it ready for the match to hype that. Yeah. Also, if I was Andrade, I'd be like, no, you don't get to build the coffin. But I like the tack thing. You know, again, really cool moments. And Dar- I mean, no one sells like Darby. Nobody dies like Darby. The guy fucking explodes. There was like five moments in this match where I, I was genuinely amazed at what I saw. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's a coffin match. So mainly it was just Jose taking his shirt off. <laughs> Still looks good. Um, Mike, you didn't give us our thoughts of the second hour. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, the, the Owen thing, I feel like could be special and it's not. Um, Wait, what? But the men, I mean, the men's is, is, is getting ready to be. Yeah, but I just, I just feel like. There's nothing at stake, really. I like if you're gonna do qualifier matches, it should be for a big thing, you know. Like I, but, the, but it's the inaugural. Much, it has to. It can't be a. It's, big it's thing. a big. It's unless happen, they say right? like, what? What are they else they gonna say like? Oh, if a baby face, if, if a baby face doesn't win, Owen's soul can't be in heaven. Like I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, like what else but, they can do? I mean, I'm dude. I'm telling you, FTR, and I think it's a big reason that they're putting them against each other next week. Other than it's gonna blow them up as baby faces and show you how much they love each other and how, how great of workers they are. I think it's also going to get you hyped for how important this tournament is. I, I did not, I did not like that booking decision and the way they did it. I feel like if we got some kind of reaction from them or something, it's just being an afterthought, but that's, that's, you know, we'll talk about that next week when it happens and we'll, we'll see how it pays off. Um, the Brit stuff. Yeah, man, this was, oof. Uh, you know what my favorite part of this was? I don't, I don't know the football players' names, and I'm sure if I said I didn't know who they were, Robert and Dan would tell me how famous they actually are. They uh, weren't. That, I, they're not that famous. I mean, like Roger Harris offers, is slightly known, but yeah, I would have preferred known. a video package of them before they. Came yeah, out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ro- Robert, what what was his name? Najee Harris. Najee Harris. I didn't want to say the black he, guy. Thank you. He's the one who grabs the <laughs> microphone. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. That was my favorite <laughs> moment of this show. 
when I mean these these both these guys were so bad where they're like trying to like overact and just ha- I mean look they're wrestling fans clearly they're happy to be in a wrestling ring but they took any heat out of this and then when Najee Harris talked into the microphone but the mic was already cut off really made me pop that was so funny to me I I kind of want to know what he was gonna say <laughs> Um, you know that uh, you know that a, a dynamite is short on time when the women start at 9:35, 9:25, and Darby has become the king of oh shit, we only have 12 minutes and can you still get all your shit in and make this feel like a full meal? Um, and so is Andrade. <laughs> so this is what that was. We've seen this a million times. I I could go without thumbtacks ever again, uh, at least for a fucking year. That's the amount of, I mean, there was literally a Texas death match on Friday for the world title that wasn't even referenced on this show. Um, it's such, it's all such a fucking afterthought. Like you're making these people bleed for nothing, <laughs> for no reason. Um, and uh, it's just, it's, it's getting uh, repetitive, man. Like we've, we've learned the main event is actually the first match, which is why punk is on it. And the, last match is usually the second most important which is why darby's in it and i agree with the sting stuff him popping out of the crowd was kind of fun just because like i want to imagine that sting was just sitting there with like a baseball cap on for the entire show having to watch like the new japan segment and (laughs) and and the wheeler yuda match and just you know having to be inconspicuous that that makes me laugh um but overall yeah this was uh, a forgettable show this show outside of the punk uh, non-verbally challenging Adam Page, there wasn't, and I guess MJF Warlow, there was nothing on here that really makes you feel like there's a direction to the pay-per-view and it's a month away. So I definitely think they have a lot of work cut out for them um, with that stuff. And, and yeah, I mean, last thing I'll say, the, the Owen tournament, it's like, Yes, having something for mid-carters when you don't actually have something for them, just to put them on TV, is a great way of remembering Owen Hart. <laughs> well, folks, that was our I Dynamite think this tournament is going to make you cry, Mike. I think you're going to cry. <laughs> well, when we even get a Hart family member or some kind of thing, we'll see, but we haven't yet. Well, we will we will see Bruce Hart grab the trophy and run to his van. <laughs> um, all right, let's get to the high spot, low spot. Mike, I believe that belongs spots? to Mr. Madison. My high spot is I found out um, Scarlett and uh, Karen Cross got a look. They are married now. They got married in Alaska. Um, so, uh, you know, where the weather is as cold as their careers. Um, Jesus, you can't, you can't, you can't like say, hey, congrats on being married. Also, your yeah. career's ruined in the same spot. Yeah, yes, ma- married, I can. married in Alaska is also the next reality show Mike's going to be writing on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, what we all wouldn't give for that. Um, anyways. <laughs> Oh, uh, it was pretty good though, Mike. Good. That was good. He got me. And then my my low spot. It was already mentioned, but fucking Virgil having dementia, <laughs> which is almost as serious as a disease as alopecia, 
um, is uh, it's fucking sad, man. Here's here's my question: Would you rather um, fuck a girl with Jada Pinkett Smith's hair or Virgil's hair? <laughs> I don't have an well, either 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 way. It's gonna cost me twenty bucks. Um, yes. But I I think that. Oh, and by the way, Mike's definitely going Virgil hair because he's gonna imagine she's from Wakanda. <laughs> yeah, which for sure. Um, no, but but the Virgil thing. Look, we knew we were punching down when we were making fun of Virgil. We just didn't realize how low, and we probably should have realized that something was wrong with him when he returned Chris Jericho's phone calls. Um, but it, no, man, it sucks. Like any any time wrestlers from that era, which is my like favorite era, look like they're losing it, man. It, it, it it's sad. The world gets smaller. And um, I actually thought Jake looked fine <laughs> this week. And and uh, I guess that's another quick high spot. I fucking popped seeing the two best heel promo guys of all time together. Like MJF, I think, is the best heel promo in the last 20 years. And before that, it was Jake. So this was fucking great to me. I just he felt he looks like a like a like a like a spot on a Kennedy's leg or something, you know, but hey. uh Hey, he outlived Scott Hall, which was on his to-do list. He's doing fine. Scott, it is Man, crazy. You think, we'll, you think we'll see MJF get pissed off at Roberts next week? That'll be fun, right? Yeah. Okay. Mostly when Roberts uh, forgets. <laughs> mostly when Robert for, Roberts forgets to come out. Well, Roberts, Roberts <laughs> is the first person that will throw quarters at MJF and then bend <laughs> down to pick them up. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, really? I need those. Hey, are these yours? We just threw them. Yeah, he's the he's the first he guy throw who could quarters, throw. He throws previously used scratch off together. If he he's the only guy that if he threw quarters at, at, at Jewish people, I'd be like, he may not know they were Jewish. That may just be his move to throw coins at people. He's just the kind of guy who likes throwing coins. I feel like um, Scott. What was your high spot low spot this week? All right, man. Well, my high spot was Will Ospreay versus Moxley uh, this week, New Japan show in Chicago. It was just so damn good. You guys should definitely watch it. Listeners, definitely watch it. Uh, there was a controversial ending, but I think Will Ospreay has made it really, really cool. Uh, basically, he was supposed to kick out and the ref counted three anyway. Uh but luckily, uh, his match with Zack Sabre Jr. a few months ago, he acted like he wasn't, he didn't tap when he was supposed to tap. So he's just playing along with it, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, that was definitely my highlight. It was match of the week. My low spot, man, Finn Balor's title run. They just, they just handed Austin that damn uh, title. Finn didn't Ooh. have a match at Mania. No, I mean, theory, not theory. Austin theory, Thanks. theory, sorry. Um, you know, but they just, they just gave him the title. After, I mean, I guess they didn't give him the title. Theory does deserve the title, but Finn also deserved a run with the title, which he did not get at all. So I just think to do with that run though. You know, like I, I agree with you. It was a shitty run, but like, you know, it's clearly they're just, they've just moved on from this guy for sure. Like, that's, that's yeah. I mean, do they let him go? I don't know. I mean, if you're them, I don't see why you wouldn't, right? Like, cause remember we were talking. AEW doesn't get him. You don't. Uh... I I think that that would be a real lateral move for for AEW to go after Finn Balor. Um, I don't know, but... man. It'd be nice to see someone with an accent who can talk in the Bullet Club. 
Uh, well, you uh, clearly have not seen all of Jay Lee. Well, not Jay Lee, the Jay, well, right? just the ones on the show I review every week. <laughs> By the way, Mike, because of you now, Dan's going to text us 30 promos. Like my phone's going to start going off for the next hour of, oh, this is a great Jay White run. This is a great one. No. Well, that, that is a terrific well, one after G1. Everyone, I mean, after Wrestle Kingdom. Now, Robert, that. Robert, you know that that's not true. He will not text you in an hour. He will text you at 2 a.m. Yeah, that's fair. Look, I'm just going to quote uh, esteemed wrestling mind David Meltzer when he when when Jay White cut a promo after losing Wrestle Kingdom last year. Mr. Meltzer remarked, "In that hour, Jay White was the best wrestler in the world." <laughs> Thank you. Um, and Kushida knows where the hard camera is. <laughs> <laughs> my high spot, my high spot is us. What we watched Backlash this week. We are going to do a watch along at some point. It's not going to be for this backlash. I got to talk to the guys about which one, but it was it was a blast watching. It's been a blast watching all these retro shows and just seeing these amazing main events, and then two hours of other stuff that happens beforehand. Um, my low spot. This is like a general one for of all cross wrestling. Is WWE kept bringing up the fact that like they had fifty six point one million Indian viewers for WrestleMania. And we always like bemoan like WWE not creating new Latino stars, but like, dude, how has there not been a huge Indian star in almost any promotion ever? Like, there's never been one crossover here. Well, Dan, there's been tall Latino <laughs> stars. I'm just saying, it's like, yeah, I mean, you've got like the Kali looked crazy. He was a freak of nature. He looked weird, but he's a terrible wrestler. I mean, it's just crazy to me that they haven't figured out one guy or one girl that you know and and i know there's talented people there like the sing brothers are good but you know they used them how they used them um and it, it i don't know man maybe i'm i'm just waiting for you know i i'm kind of waiting for that indian hulk hogan whoever the fuck that is but well did they did they ever admit that like like you know the thing with gender like catering to the indian audience was a great idea they just picked the wrong guy did anyone say that <laughs> well also didn't they edit like especially during the pandemic they would they would film shit with gender that we didn't even see that they'd air at the end of of like raws and stuff in india but, yeah but no, the thing I is in india they have they have a lower threshold for what they're willing to watch in that tna was massively over in india remember they went over there for a whole series of tapings because the crowd is just so starved for like wrestling attention that they're like, we will gladly watch impact. So the, it's not like you, you, you having Indian representation on your TV is important for them, but they don't need a, a main event star in order for people to tune in and, and veer like Kali is a massive star in India because of his real life story. So he already has a, a, a built in following. So just having him, on raw crushing people's clavicles is enough for the Indian audience to want to see him. Was there well, a strategic reason as to why they delayed him so long? Uh, no, they just kept forgetting to, to plug him in and then they would change creative and then change creative and change creative. Same thing they did to Brodus clay. They did it to Emelina. They've done this to a lot of people when they hype him and hype him. And they're like, Oh fuck, we actually have to do something with them. Uh, kind of like with, with the boogeyman years ago. 
Robert, what were your high spot low spot this week? Uh, my high spot is the fact that Kevin Owens exists. Kevin Owens is the patron saint of making stupid segments incredible. He was part of the lie detector segment with Ezekiel, and he made every second of that watchable. Him and Gable, their interaction together was great. Him with Ezekiel was fun. He's just, he's he's so far and away better than almost everybody else in terms of how to do sports entertainment. It's, it's not even funny. My other high spot is this is the 20 year anniversary of Randy Orton debuting and Orton is, we did a whole show on him. He's incredibly talented. He's one of the few wrestlers who we've roasted who's listened to the show and enjoyed his roast. So he's a really good dude. Uh, my low spots shockingly coming from Monday night raw. There was a double commitment ceremony where Dana Brooke married Reggie and Tamina married uh, Akira Tozawa with R-Truth as the officiant. And this crowd in Buffalo was super electric and excited for everything. And they were trying their hardest to make this work. And it still died a death. The other low spot is Jack Evans announced he will not be renewing his contract with AEW, which puts at risk us getting to enjoy more Angelico. Who we still don't know what his character is. He is a dancing scuba diver. Okay. I think that's a character. If you've ever been to a fish show, that's a character. <laughs> uh, all right, folks. Um, well, check our uh, Patreon this week. We're going to be doing Backlash next week for Patreon. It will be the roast of Michael Cole. So that, that should be a fun one. Next week, we're back with a normal show. And then we come back with uh, May Young to, st- to start off May. So a lot of fun stuff coming up. Um, I'm doing stand-up all around the city again. Um that's basically it for me. Uh, follow my Instagram. Follow my uh, my TikTok. I'm on TikTok, and I'm posting videos on there. So follow me on them. All right, Mike. Uh, I am at uh, the Mike uh, at Mike Lawrence Comedy on Instagram, and um, I will be the first person to let you know when Bret Hart makes this tournament about himself. Three, two, one. <laughs> yeah, it's surprising he hasn't said anything yet that's been awful. It's... We're only in the qualifying round. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, you know he's annoyed that he didn't call it the Bret Hart tournament. Oh, uh, yes. He has the Bret Hart's brother tournament. Bret Hart's brother tournament. Bruce is like, finally. <laughs> big day for smith Hart. yeah <laughs> scott you got anything uh scott underscore chaplin on twitter go on pro wrestling tees buy some of our shirts also robert what's that other website where we can get some uh, it's, it's dope on, wrestle roast yes the, the it's wrote the it's dope uh t-shirt coffee mug and sweatshirt are all on teespring uh there's a link on the facebook uh, page for it uh, or just search uh, "It's Dope" on Teespring, and it'll uh, it'll pop up. Bang bang! All right, uh, folks. Oh, and I'll do my. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at wwcreative underscore ish, and something to sports entertainment with uh, covered uh, Raw and did bonus uh, for SmackDown and Rampage. Uh, the the seven o'clock for uh, Pacific. The sun is still out. We're going to pretend that there's a real world title match. Uh, recap is up there on the Patreon, and it was uh, 
super fun. And now that Dan's back for the something that sports entertainment with here, you will get his retro SmackDown. It's open. <laughs> Is that it, everybody? Zach? 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 Wash your hands. Yeah. Wash your damn hands. <laughs>